The Michael Hatfield Remax team presents Real Estate and More. Bay Area real estate is different than in all of America. And why? What's up with home buyers? What's on sellers' minds? How is the market? And much, much more. Now, here's your host, Michael Hatfield. Welcome to the Real Estate and More show. Here we have an individual that has been in this financial advisement business for a number of years. I have to tell you, he has recently retired, sold his business, and it's hard to even get him in the studio anymore. We have Pat Vitucci in the studio. I'm calling him Papa Victor because uh, he's he's more of a grandpa now than anything else and and a great guy. So thanks for being on the show, Pat. Well, thanks, Michael. It's always, always fun being on your show. And uh, you were on my show many, many times, and it was always... Uh Always nice to talk about real estate as it relates to the full financial plan that we always um, were involved in. I, I remember the first time that I was on your show. It had to be at least 10 years ago. I have to say a little apprehensive, a little bit nervous, uh, you know, just more informal now and, and a little bit easier to do. Thanks so much for all of the times of having me on uh, Don't Invest and Forget. Oh, so, yeah. No, it was always always lots of fun and more importantly, it, very infor informative, too. So. Tell me about retirement now, Papa Victor. Well, retirement is uh, is lots of fun. It's been it's been about a year and I'm, I'm getting into the swing of it. Uh, my full-time grandpa days are, are, are filled, and we're doing some traveling, and uh, loved working, loved being a financial advisor, loved the client interaction, missed it a little bit, but um, it's a whole new chapter, and um, I hope God continues to bless, bless all of us with good health and positive outlook, and... Um, yeah, it's it's a whole new whole new tra uh, transition, Michael. That uh, that's very different. You know, a lot of people uh, before they retire, they say, "Well, real estate is a big component. The home that I live in, my rental properties, and so forth." Before I uh, check out and and go off and find another place to live and to enjoy what I have, you know, what should be done with their house? Well, my advice consistently, because I was always in the pre-retirement retirement market, so we were talking to folks about what should you do? You've got a year or two left before you uh, retire. And we always would focus in on, on the real estate, on their house. And so my, my advice frequently was get the house tricked out now if you think you're going to sell it. If you're going to redo, update the kitchen, update the bathrooms, you know, paint, wallpaper, whatever you want to do. If in fact uh, you either want to stay there because those are all expensive updates, upgrades, or if you're going to sell it, it would be a much more saleable property, as you well know, with updated kitchens and in the bathrooms. It's absolutely critical when you go to sell your home to have it in as best a shape as you possibly can do. As Pat mentioned, update your kitchens, make them look really pristine and the bathrooms and then your master and then go to the rest of the house. But that's where most people look when they walk into the home. They they look at the, that kitchen. That kitchen, is it, a, is it an area where people can gather, enjoy themselves, maybe have a little glass of uh, Pinot Grigio or, or uh, cook a, a nice meal? They look at that kitchen as the first deal, then, of course, the bathrooms. And that's that's what it's going to be. Yeah, those are those are all expensive upgrades, right? And so while your cash flow is still rich and you're taking in a, a salary weekly or monthly, whatever, 
uh, you want to consider making those expenses during your work life because those those that couple hundred thousand dollar potential uh, upgrade uh, is very difficult to consider once that monthly uh, check stops uh, getting deposited into your account. Absolutely. Well, and then people say, well, I want to sell my house, but I don't want to spend the X amount of thousands of dollars to prepare it. Well, it's it's simply catching up with the deferred maintenance that one is, has enjoyed over the number of years. It would be a temporary type financial arrangement, of course, we're looking to get it back. And our experience says, hey, do these certain things in each house is different. You know, if you want to upgrade a kitchen in uh, Palo Alto in the, its top area or Hillsboro, you know, 150, 200,000, who knows? If you're going to do one in um, a lesser prestigious area, then maybe you can get away with 30,000. But by the time that you add all of those numbers up, you're going to say, oh my gosh, you know, this has used up a bit of my retirement. However, it, in our experience as, as realtors for some times, it's, it's really been necessary to, to do these improvements. Yeah, and, I, and you're, you'll, you well know if you do a kitchens and bathrooms, the return on that investment is normally more than what you put into it. If you spend 100, maybe the value of your home goes up 150. I don't know, you're, you're the expert there. Uh, how about swimming swimming pools? Do swimming pools get 100% of, of that of the value back when you sell it? Totally depends on the area that yeah. the home is located. In some areas, you, it's hard to sell a home without a really nice pool in the upper end. But if you're talking about uh, in a middle class area, sometimes they'll get a one for one dollar for having a pool. Other times, less. They're not the biggest bang for the buck to make improvements to. Uh, before you sell, they're not the biggest. Yeah, usually. So if you decide to sell your expensive two by fours in the Bay Area, and move to a less expensive area with less cost of those those two by fours, I mean that's some probably you've seen that many many times where people move to either um, either the desert uh, Palm Palm Springs, they go to the mountains, they maybe move to Truckee, they go to the beach, maybe Southern California, maybe Hawaii, uh, lots of those choices depending upon are you a beach person, a mountain person or uh, a desert person, right? Yeah, absolutely. I know this fellow that uh, has a wife that's a mountain person and he's a <laughs> he's a, a beach person. I, I don't I'm not no names here, but uh, <laughs> we know this. You know, one uh, one thing that's kind of interesting is that in this last upswing of the market that we've had in the United States, we've had tremendous amount of home appreciation in the Bay Area. In the rest of the country, we've had it also, but we're finding also those values have kind of moved up a little bit as time has, has went went by in the last you know two to three years. So what do you do? What do you do to, to move out of here? Uh, do you take your, your pot of cash that you have from selling your home? Do you go Go to Portugal? Do you go to Hawaii? Uh, what are the factors that that we talked about on that? I think it was the first show that we ever did here on KGO I, I, and at KSFO. Yeah, it's it's uh, interesting. Um, a complete financial plan, which we which we accomplished, uh, you know, thousands of times. It's all about cash flow in in retirement. It's not how much your net worth is. It's what kind of cash flow does it 
generate? Does it cover that monthly nut? Does it cover the cost of that Bay Area home where you may not have to sell? Uh, maybe you want to sell. That's a whole, whole different, whole different kind of kind of equation. But cash flow is something we look at repeatedly when somebody says, "Can I afford to retire?" And the home is always an integral part of it. If, if there's a mortgage on it, if there's no mortgage on it, what are your taxes? What are your, what's the upkeep? Your landscape cost, the, the cost of keeping the pool, all those little nitty gritty things creates a budget, a household budget that um, will kind of dictate. Yeah, I can afford. I'm very comfortable staying here. Or no, I've got to move to Portugal. I've got to move to Costa Rica. Um, so it's all driven really by what you've accumulated over the last 30, 40 years working. And you know how does real estate tie into that, that equation? Not necessarily specific to retirement, but uh, some people are looking to invest in real estate, rental investment properties to help them with their income later on. We were talking about that just recently. With, I had Nance on the show and we were talking about that just recently because you won't get a positive cash flow immediately in the San Francisco Bay Area. I mean, likely anyway, because they're, the houses are more expensive. But if you go elsewhere, you find that you get that cash flow, but you don't get the appreciation that you would in the Bay Area. Yeah, a lot of my clients went to Texas and bought you know apartment buildings, 10, 12, 15 apartment buildings, uh, or um, industrial space, maybe a real, a real estate investment trust, a REIT. Uh, they're um, uh, pretty good in terms of a, a cash flow. And that's really, really, certainly you're interested in growth in, in retirement, but that's really the second option. Cash flow becomes clearly the premier issue when deciding on what kind of investment do I want. Yeah, you wanna grow and keep up with inflation because hopefully you have 30, 40 years of retirement, so you gotta keep up with the madness of inflation. But in the interim, cash flow becomes much more important. We're gonna take a short break. We'll be right back. When you're buying or selling a home, look no further than the Michael Hatfield Remax Accord team. To tell us more, here's Michael Hatfield. Refreshed and delightful, this four-bedroom, two-and-a-half bath located on Simonson Court, San Jose, is a cul-de-sac home featuring soaring, high ceilings, and cozy fireplace. Revel in the open and airy floor plan and large backyard and shimmering pool. Stay fit and grill on your own outdoor kitchen. This home will not disappoint. Admire newly installed luxury vinyl plank flooring, fresh paint, and recent dual pane windows and recessed lights. With a quiet sense of neighborhood, treasure the best California living right here. Easy freeways and as close by South Bay Tech Centers, a hard to find opportunity. Call us now. Get help with buying or selling a home by calling the Michael Hatfield Remax Accord Team at 1-800-800-5763. That's 1-800-800-5763. Remax. Now back to our show. Well, most most people here don't have thirty to forty years. We're working into our eighties. I think a lot, a lot of our our you know, colleagues that, that we see they're they're working on until they're to their eighties. So it's kind of kind of crazy. It's true. Yeah, yeah. but uh, you know, one thing that I keep thinking about is that uh, buy a rental property and make sure that you use a real estate professional to do it, so that you get the best price and you don't 
do something that it will hurt your your nest egg and then once you have that property make sure that you can get a really great tenant in there tenants either can make your life lovely or they can make your life not so lovely we've we've known both so that's one of the thoughts that I have whether or not you you want to move in and supplement your income stream with with rental investment properties or REITs you used to have some pretty good investments that uh, were used for retirement people that are beyond my uh, my scope of work yeah of course Ben you know keep in mind if you're an absentee owner you know if you have property in Texas and you live in the Bay Area, uh, you can't keep your eye on it as carefully as you would want to. Uh, Sometimes hiring a a good management company is the solution. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes they just uh, consistently spend whatever it takes. Uh, You know, if a plumber says it costs $5,000, oh, well, it costs $5,000. Instead of getting a second or third opinion, property managers are busy, and they're going to try and expedite uh, a problem and get it solved sooner than later. So it, it, it can be um, an expensive way to attempt to uh, increase cash flow if you're an absentee owner. So that's always a challenge. Yeah. I, I remember when I had grocery stores. This was my second vocation when I was doing the airline thing. And I had grocery stores, and I had one that was in Los Angeles. And I gotta tell you that being absentee at that distance is extremely difficult to maintain a profitable operation. It was uh, devastating to me at the time. I learned that the closer that you can keep your investments, whether or not they're rental investment properties or whether or not they're supermarkets, it it tends to work out so much better that way to keep them nearby. It's like your friends. You want to hold them close. Enemies hold them a little closer, maybe. Have you been going to Portugal or anything? Uh, We've been to Portugal. It's a beautiful, beautiful city. Uh, Lisbon is is a lovely place. (laughs) The cost of living is ridiculously low. It's always difficult to have a language barrier, though. You know, you, we kind of take advantage of, uh, you know, we can we can relate to each other pretty easily. But you go to Italy or Portugal or Spain or anywhere, and you're not you're not uh, conversant in those those languages, uh, becomes a becomes a real challenge, and it gets frustrating. Uh, I'm sure frustrating for the locals that can't understand Americans. You know what I've been finding? A lot of my clients moved to Mexico. I mean, San Miguel de Allende just, just sticks out in my mind as one city Interesting. in Mexico that's, I think it's got more Americans than Mexicans in there. It's a beautiful little city and uh, cost of living is low and Mexicans are very affable, very lovely people. And uh, uh, so Mexico, for for a variety of reasons, it's close by, it's a, it's a couple hour flight. Uh, so you can come home and visit visit grandchildren or friends or whatever, uh, but um, you know the, the more radical ideas are Portugal or Spain or even places like Costa Rica, which is obviously a Spanish-based country, uh, becomes a becomes a little bit of a challenge. We had uh, the former NFL guy Mike Pulaski. He's a great quarterback. He was with. Tampa Bay and he was you know a big guy with the UC Berkeley Golden Bears and he said he spent I believe it was a month and a half outside Porto in Portugal and he said it was just an absolute lovely 
lovely experience. Porto is is not only a good good wine, but it's a great it's a great city way up way up on the hill. And at Taylor Porto uh, Wines is where we went wine tasting, and it was a it was a really cool spot. Didn't you do the Santiago Trail? Didn't you walk a piece we, of it? We did the Camino walk. It, it was it's a total of five hundred miles, but if you walk a hundred miles, you get a a certificate you can hang on the wall. Mine, mine's probably in the bottom kitchen drawer right now but uh, great experience you start in Spain we went through Portugal and and um, 100 mile walk is not easy you do 15 miles a day or so after six days you're done but um, meet lots of people from all over the world because uh, it, it, it's an inspirational kind of a quiet walk although you do end up chatting a little bit quietly with other uh, folks who are walking the Camino Trail, but um, so how many miles did you walk of that Camino Trail, we did, Mr. We d- B? We did a hundred. Uh-huh. We did a hundred. Uh-huh. Six days, about fifteen or so miles a day. It was it was a real really cool experience. Wow! I would I would highly encourage people to uh, to uh, give that some thought. Living standard in Portugal? You know, it's they're all you know, a couple hundred year old homes, and um, you know, it's very different. Uh, uh, topography, uh, but very very pretty. You walk through all the little towns and all the little villages, and um, you know all the homes are fairly modest, right? Yeah. I mean, they're two, three, four, five hundred years old, right? So uh, I'm sure they've been upgraded over the years, but uh, you know we're pretty spoiled here in this country with these our, yeah. our giant homes and yeah. backyards and swimming pools, and and it's a real eye opener to see. How some of these European countries uh, more humble people, more humble. I- exactly. Yeah. yeah. In the United States, we just tear houses down and rebuild. Over there, they repair and they remodel and they keep the elegant nature of a bygone era, the, the history inside the walls of what they have for yeah. their homes. No, they're quaint, quaint homes, and you're you're exactly right. They're not going to put up some modern thing, which probably would not be. Uh, very appealing to those locals. Well, make no mistake, retiring and deciding to retire and where to move, that is a big decision. Are you gonna move here? Are you gonna move there? What about medical? What about living standards? How much of your pot of cash are you going to spend? Where do you go? How do you like the people, the neighbors, the schools? Some some folks in retirement have children. They're still raising. You know, and also you gotta think about leaving friends behind, leaving family, your church group, you know, your whole social fabric that you've built for many, many years, immediately, you know, leaving it behind, you know, that, that non-financial issue uh, is is really important. I've, I've seen people move away within a year or two, move back because they missed friends and family and, and their church. And so you've got to take all those things into account. Are you Are you really socially prepared to give all those things up? You know, our first segment that we did and it was the first show that I've ever done as a host. It was called Retire Here, Retire There, Retire Everywhere. And that everywhere thing might be an answer to a lot of people. Maybe maintain the home that you have here or downsize into a smaller one. Use some of that capital to buy across the border or wherever you want to go or across the ocean and live there too at the same time. It just seems like that would be a, a good possibility for a lot of people to make that retirement decision easier. It took you 
you a long time before you actually said, ah, well, I'm going to sell my business, I'm going to retire? Yeah. How long did you belabor that? Oh, probably three or or four years. You, You go through all those emotional hoops and... It's it's kind of your one of your one of your children. It's one of your one of your babies, right? And to uh, sell it off and give it up and something I enjoyed a lot. I mean, I really really was it was very fulfilling. I felt like I added value to a lot of people's lives. Uh, so giving that up um, is uh, takes a lot of. Uh, introspection and 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 careful thought you know incidentally we're here with uh, pat vitucci he's now retired financial advisor a very senior financial advisor and i don't mean age so much but he was nice enough to come uh, out of retirement down here to the studio and and talk to us for a while about uh, how it is in retirement for him and i recall um Pat, you know, going and once in a while I would be part of your, your seminars that you would have and you would give it to uh, to people. Pat also is a noted author. He wrote Don't Invest and Forget. You can buy the book uh, just about anywhere. I think it's even on Amazon. An interesting, interesting read. It's been a fun ride. I was blessed with lots of years of having some great clients. Uh, it was fun writing, writing the book and kind of documenting some of my experiences and uh, a lot of people that I met over the years were all a little different. All of, all the financial plans are all a little bit different. All priorities are different. Yours, your priorities are different from mine as if from somebody else's. And what's important to me is maybe not as important to you, but that's where you've got to create a customized financial plan that fits that couple's needs. What kind of legacy plans do they want? Do they want to leave money behind for their children? Or they want do they want that last check to to bounce and so it's all that all of the dynamics, family structure, legacy planning, uh, cash flow, and how do you want to spend the rest of years of your life? One of the things that is good is that you continue to exercise. We had Karen Owak on the show she had athletes uh, in aprons uh, she was the author of that and she was talking about on the back nine remember that on her on back nine means that we're sure. older than what 40 maybe i don't know maybe 50 50 somewhere 60. around in there but she was talking about that and it's good that you continue to exercise and, and try to eat right and and do what's necessary to preserve a, a good lifestyle well, now that I'm retired, I have more time to exercise. You know, at the end of a day, after you're working all day long, and you say, "I'll, I'll exercise tonight." Let me just go sit on the sofa for 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 ten minutes. Guess what? You never you never get up from the sofa. Uh, retirement has given me the opportunity to exercise more. Ah, that's really great. Let's get back to real estate for just a moment. In the Bay Area, I've called sellers the red ants and I call buyers the black ants and they're all put together in this jar and I think from about August through just about now it's been pretty quiet nobody's been shaking that ant ant jar and when I say the sellers are red ants it means that people are that are potential sellers are primarily made up of people of retirement age and the people that are buyers are well a lot of people use the term Millennials 38 to 43 in that particular range and the market has been somewhat equal you know and buyers are there sellers are there but not to any extravagant degree so the prices of our bay area homes have pretty much stayed the same one of the interesting things that came out and i didn't realize how important 
interest rates in the mind, either through perception or actual affordability for a loan, meant to buyers. They tend to look at those numbers and say, okay, well, the uh, interest rate is almost 8, 8%. I'm not going to do anything. In the Bay Area, though, you have home appreciation that is far more important by buying in the right location in the right neighborhood far more important your tax benefits than the interest rates so here we are with a limited number of inventory of homes for sale but yet the buyers are are buying them and we do have multiple offer situations still the important thing i think to realize is that you, you need to buy that home before the price goes up because I don't see a lot of inventory coming on the market anytime soon. And I see buyers, as the interest rates come down, I see buyers, you know, going more and more and more towards it. Yeah, interest rates are, are unfortunately the, the major topic and it really probably shouldn't be because, right. uh, you know, the 100-year the average for mortgage rates are probably we're, we're approaching that pretty darn close right now we were spoiled for 15 years with two three percent rates and that's just was not a reasonable idea that was going to be uh, uh, consistently around for a, for a long time but we kind of got uh, misled that you know this is normal and it, it certainly was not so you know, anytime you can get a home that appreciates, not that you're going to ever guarantee a home appreciating, that exceeds the cost of the interest when you subtract out the tax benefit of that payment, uh, you're probably in positive area in oh, yeah. most years, never guaranteeing that. But historically, looking back over the last 20, 30 years, you, you pay interest, you get the tax deduction, then you get the appreciation. The net of that equation is normally you're in positive territory in terms of your net worth growing. And people don't even really think about the, the effect of, of having your mortgage interest deduction. They don't think of the magnitude of that very much. That's big. Yeah, That's it's big. big. And the depreciation, it's what, 27 and a half uh, years that you can depreciate the structure or your building that's on your property. It's big news. And so if uh, we try to advise our folks, get in, and if the interest rate is uh, 7.8, just wait because interest rates go up, interest rates go down, and refinance. But if you wait until those interest rates come down, more buyers come on the market and shoot the prices higher. Then it makes it harder just to, to get in. Interesting, there was a study that came out that said in order for someone, a family or a person to save 20% down, it takes almost eight years. Well, what happens to the appreciation in eight years, Pat? Yeah. Wow. You 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 can't save fast enough because your inflation is is out outrunning you. Most definitely. You know, it's been a real pleasure, you know, speaking with you today on the show. It's just great to pull Papa Victor out of uh, retirement and take him for a spin around the studio and and say, hey, what's happening with you? And to hear all your great viewpoints on real estate as well as everything else. Thank you, Pat. 
It's been a pleasure, Michael. It's always fun uh, chatting chatting with you. We talk about interesting topics, great people, and of course, real estate. You can listen to archived real estate and more shows on michaelhatfieldhomes.com slash radio, or you can go to any of the podcast platforms and find us there. I'm your host, Michael Hatfield, and I'm thanking you, and we'll be right back with our next special guest. Stay tuned. <laughs>